We look at some things in the book of Jonah, and uh, we've titled the, the series uh, On the Run. Actually, I've titled the message tonight the same, On the Run. And uh, we're going to be looking at some things in the book of Jonah that I feel like is pretty uh, pertinent to each of us in our lives and, and living for the Lord. Jonah chapter 1. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Let me also I'll announce we just scheduled we're going to have a missions conference slash revival together with uh, Brother Randy Belt. He's going to be coming in, and that's going to be August the 29th through September the 1st. That's a Sunday through a Wednesday night, August the 29th through September the 1st, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, you'll enjoy Brother Randy. Uh, appreciate him and the ministry he's had over the years. Jonah chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. We're just going to read three verses here to get started as we kind of set the, the stage, you might say, for the, the lessons ahead of us or the preaching that we'll be doing in the days ahead here, but to also get something out of it for tonight. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. There in verse 3 again it says, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. I like to preach the message that I've titled, On the Run. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. And Lord, I pray that as we begin this series and begin to look at this, Lord, that it would challenge our hearts. And Lord, cause us to realize the need of taking the gospel, of getting to a people that many don't even think about. And Father, I pray now that you'd strengthen us, help us to live for you, help us be faithful. Lord, to do that which is pleasing unto you. Have your will and way, Lord, in the services tonight. And Lord, then in our prayer time at the end of the service, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. You know, it's pretty easy, easy to be critical of Jonah running from the will of the Lord, yet we many times do the very same thing in our own lives. If you go back and you begin to look at the, uh, uh, who he was not wanting to go to, the, those there in Nineveh, the uh, were, were the Assyrians. That was the Assyrian Empire. That's where the capital of the Assyrian Empire was in that day and time. They was the world rulers, you might say, at that day and time. They were very cruel people, and, and possibly, and we don't know this, but very possibly, uh, maybe Jonah had even seen some of his family and, and different ones uh, killed or, and, and abused and everything at the hands of the Assyrians because they would come in. They were a little bit different type of army when they come in. And still just the men coming out that was going to come out to battle, they took everybody with them. They took their family, took their kids, they took everybody. And they would come into the land and they would just, uh, of course, they would kill the people. They would take everything they got. They would eat up everything in the land. It was like a, a plague of locusts just sweeping across the land, destroying absolutely everything as they went. It didn't bother them what they did to people. In fact, they were known for the cruelties of, that they did. One of the things that they would prided themselves in, they would take somebody that they wanted to get information out of or somebody that they just w didn't like. They would take them out. They would bury them in the sand up to their neck. They would pull their tongue out and they would drive a stake through the end of their tongue so the tongue stuck out and they'd let the, the sun beat down upon them and basically that person would go crazy from the heat of the sun and everything before they died. A very terrible death that they would die. 
And uh, so they were very cruel people. And this is possibly, you know, we don't know, but very possibly why Jonah didn't want to go and give the, the warning from God to, to the Ninevites. We don't, we don't know for certain that's why, but uh, we know that he chose not to. And, and so Nineveh was a wicked city. As, as I said, the capital of Assyria, and they, and the great, they had great power in that day. It was a, a city, but it was also a very wicked city, a very wicked people, very vile. And, and their wickedness, the Bible says, came up before the Lord. And so the Lord sending uh, Jonah there determined to judge the city. And that is, if they didn't repent and turn to him. He was giving them the opportunity to turn, and he was sending a messenger. He was sending the prophet of God to warn them of what was about to come. If they didn't turn, God would have poured out his judgment upon them. And, of course, most of us know how it all turns out. But we'll be looking into this throughout this time as we look through the book of Jonah. So let's begin here and begin. First of all, the word came to Jonah. Look in verse uh, 1 and 2 there with me. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Jonah was a prophet. He was a prophet of the Lord, and, and now the Lord was calling him to a mission. He said, I've got something for you to do. He said, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to, to warn them. I want you to call out against them. The Bible doesn't say how the Lord came unto Jonah. Uh, we don't know whether the Lord himself uh, 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 spoke to him in a vision. We don't know whether he sent maybe an angel or, or maybe, uh, uh, you know, whatever it might be, an audible voice from God. We don't know. Maybe it was a dream. We don't have any idea. The Bible doesn't say how the Lord spoke to him, but the Lord spoke to Jonah in some form or fashion, telling him what he wanted to do. The Lord came unto him with a, the direct task of going to Nineveh and preaching against their wickedness. He said, this is what I want you to do. He made it plain and clear what he wanted him to do. He said, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach against their, their wickedness. And so however it was that he, he spoke to him, he did. You know, today the Lord speaks also in your life and my life. And that's something that we many times don't stop and realize and we don't stop and think about. But the Lord is continually, even this day and time, speaking to us. Now, it's not in an audible voice from God. Many times it's through the Word of God as it's preached or as it's taught or as you read it, as the Lord uses it in our hearts and lives, He speaks to us through the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. He convicts and draws and, and with a, a Holy Spirit unction in our lives and revealing things to us. And uh, then it may be through circumstances that He speaks to our lives. It may be through other people. It may be, and there's so many different ways that, that God uses to speak to our lives for, about the mission that He has each of us to do. You say, well, preacher, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a preacher. Uh, what are you talking about a mission for me? Every one of us is a preacher. Every one of us is a missionary. Every one of us has a mission in the eyes of God. Doesn't matter who you are. You say, well, I, I didn't know I've had a call on my life. You had a call on your life when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. From the very time that you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, there was a call upon your life. There was a mission that God had for your life that He wanted to work in your heart and life for every one of us. Therefore, our response should be as Samuel's was. That is, Samuel, as the Lord spoke to him, and says in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 10, And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. As the Lord begins to speak to your heart and to my heart, it doesn't matter how he speaks, 
It may be in the preaching of His Word. It may be in a Sunday school lesson. It might even be in a good gospel song that God gets a hold of your heart about something. It might be in, in visiting with somebody about the Word of God. It might be that the impression upon your heart and life by the Holy Spirit of God as He impresses upon your heart. However He speaks, we ought to be like Samuel and say, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. And we ought to pay attention to what He wants in our lives. But far too often we turn a deaf ear to the speaking of the Lord and we fail to acknowledge His voice and to obey it. Can I tell you something tonight? Unless you're willing to acknowledge that God wants to use you, you'll not surrender to Him being able to use you. Until you take a place in your life and realize that, hey, listen, the Lord has a plan for my life. You'll not be used by the Lord like He wants to use you. You say, well, preacher, I'm, I'm up in years or I'm, I'm this or I'm that. Can I tell you that God knows your situation, He knows your ability, He knows where you're at, He knows what's needed to be done, and He knows how to use you. And His desire is to use you. You say, well, I, I can't do this, I can't do that. No, but He knows what you can do. And He's able to use you, and He wants to use you. If He didn't want to use you, can I tell you what He would do? He would take you home. There's a reason for you being here. There's a reason for me being here. And when God is done with us, He'll take us home. There's a plan. There's a mission. Just like he had for Jonah. And so we ought to be open to the, to the Lord as he speaks to our hearts and as he draws us. So we find that the word came unto, came unto uh, Jonah. But notice here, the word came to arise. There in verse 1 and 2, the first part of that says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Drop down to verse 2, and it says, Arise. He said, Arise. Now, I don't think that Jonah was spending his whole day and everything he was doing sitting down. I don't think that he was lazy necessarily and sitting there all day long and, and doing absolutely nothing. But he said, arise. He tried to awaken him. It was a time to get up from where he was and, and to be used of the Lord. So many times in, uh, the Lord must call us from our comfort zone. You know what? Every one of us is comfort comfortable coming in here, unless you're just cold or hot or something. Every one of us are comfortable. And coming in and sitting down in these pews and listening to the preaching of God's Word when somebody else is doing the preaching, or maybe when somebody else is doing the teaching, or maybe when somebody else is taking up the offering, or maybe when somebody else is doing the singing. But sometimes God wants to call us out of that comfort zone to do some things that we're not comfortable with doing. And he has to say, arise. It might be, hey, listen, you say, well, preacher, I, I know you, you can go and you can pass out the gospel tracts or you can go and you can talk to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ or go through scripture and, and, and point somebody to Christ how to be saved. I, I'm just not comfortable doing that. You realize that every one of us that God's going to call us to arise out of that comfort zone? Yeah. 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 Jonah was comfortable. And that's why he said, arise. He's saying, get up. There's something for you to do. And he calls us out of that comfort zone. I, you know, uh, tonight uh, as I was talking with, with uh, Janine and with Hunter, uh, I, I had scheduled this meeting with uh, Brother Randy Bell for the 29th of August through the September the 1st. And Hunter grinned real big. And he said, on Sunday? He, I said, yeah. And he said, uh, he said are you going to have the Sunday school classes all come together like you do sometimes? I said, yeah. He, goes, he grinned. He said, good. I said, why? He said, because we're supposed to teach Sunday school that Sunday. 
Well, fellas, I hate to tell you this, but I already talked to your Sunday school teacher, and he's going to reschedule you. Amen? Because <laughs> we want you out of your comfort zone. <clears throat> we want you to be able to get out of that comfort zone and enjoy the, 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 the blessings that God has for you to look everybody in the eyeball and proclaim the gospel. Amen? Or, or preach what God's laying on your heart. And so that gets you out of that comfort zone, you know. But you know what? That is exactly what God does to each of us. He's going to say, arise, get out of that comfort zone. I have something for you to do. I have something that I want done, and you're the one that I've chosen to do it. It was time to get up from where he was. As I said so many times, we, we, are, we don't want to get out of that comfort zone. We need to be, be careful that we don't become like that rich farmer who said in Luke chapter 12 and verse 19, he said, and I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, there's nothing wrong with eating, drinking, and being merry. But the fact is, is that when you get to a place where you're just at ease, and the Bible says, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Otherwise, sitting back, not arising and doing what God wants them to do. God has a work for you and me. It may be going across the streets and talking to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. It might be passing out a gospel track at a grocery store. It might be inviting somebody. It might be spending some time in prayer with somebody. It might be teaching a Sunday school class. It might be uh, surrendering to preach the gospel. It might, there's, and we could just keep on going with all the things that God. It might be singing a special. It might be whatever it is, uh, teaching the juniors or, or, or whatever, or, and, and, uh, and just whatever God has, God wants you to arise. It was a call for him personally, by the way. Is a call for him personally. When he said, Arise, he was talking to Jonah to do the bidding of the Lord. You know, we often, many times, we think, Well, that's what somebody else could do. That's for somebody else to take care of. Uh, and, or, or should do what the Lord is calling us to do. When he spoke to Jonah and said, Arise, he said it to him. And he was speaking directly to him, Arise, Jonah i got something for you to do. The Lord looks at your life and my life. He says, and he calls us by name. He says, i got something for you to do. When we sit there and we wait on somebody else to do it, God is not pleased. Realize that God is speaking to us directly. And realize that he wants to use us in a special way. In Isaiah 6, 8, it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah responded this way, Then said I, Here am I, send me. I'll be the way in our, all of our lives. Lord, I'm right here, send me, send me. You know how it is, you're sitting in a, in a, uh, it may be a, a setting, it might be a classroom, it might, they might be teaching something and they need somebody to help with it, and they say, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Well, could somebody help me? I need a volunteer. And everybody sits there with their hands like this. It's kind of like Charles that one day they was talking about doing some preaching or something like that. And he's talking to, I think it was Brian or somebody was talking to Dustin about it or something like that. And Charles had his back kind of like that. He just turned and started walking off. <laughs> you know what? I'm picking on Charles, but every one of us are that way about some things. 
it might be that confrontational. It might be that inviting somebody. But when the Lord says to arise, he wants us to, to do it specifically speaking to us that we should, should do what he told us to do. The Lord's calling us to arise in our day for the work that's before us. So you stop and realize that in our day and time, there's a great work to be done, folks. Listen, you don't, you don't even have to turn on the news. But if you do, you see the work that's needing to be done. You, you walk down the streets of our town, you see the work that's needing to be done. You talk to people and you see the work that's needing to be done to reach souls and to get the gospel to this lost world. All around us, we know people who need Jesus Christ as our Savior. We know people who are, are Christians or claim to be Christians that are out of church and we need to get them back in church. We know people who are going through difficult times are hurting spiritually and, and, we need, and emotionally. We need to help them. He says, arise. There's a job to do. To, to magnify the Lord and to bring honor and glory to His name. To restore the fallen Christian. To reach the lost. Then notice here, not only did the word come to arise, but the word came to go. There in verse 2 says, arise, go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. To go to a specific people. To the people of Nineveh. Not just any people, but to the people of Nineveh. This is where you begin to think about why, what was it that, that Jonah had against the Ninevites? What was it that, was, that really turned against uh, Jonah? Jonah was a prophet of God. He had preached before people. He had, he had shared what God had said with other people. And now the word has come to him to go to the Ninevites, and he goes the other direction. He goes the other direction. He said, go. You realize that God is calling you and me to some specific people sometimes. What you don't realize and what sometimes I don't realize, there's people that you can reach that I can't reach. There's people that will listen to you that won't listen to me. There's people that are out there that are waiting, they're watching your life. And God has called you specifically to reach them, to reach them. Now, I also realize it's not always just some specific people, but we are to try to reach it all that we can. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. That's speaking of everybody that we possibly can. But I believe in my heart and life that there's certain people that's going to come across your path and across my path that we're to go to with the gospel and try to reach for Jesus Christ. There's certain people that's going to be put across your path and my path that's out of church. They claim to be saved. They're out of church that you or me are supposed to go to. There's certain people who are going through difficult times and struggles, and they might not listen to somebody else, and, they may, and, and somebody else may not even know about it, but you know about it, and God's calling you to arise and go to them and to help them. Notice he didn't say, now, Jonah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to rise. I want you to go over here and stay over here. I'm going to send the Ninevites to you. He didn't do that. He said, arise and go. Otherwise, you go to them. You see, I would dare say that every person in this room, if the truth was really known, you didn't go looking for God. God came looking for you. And he sent somebody along your pathway. It might have been a mom. It might have been a dad. It might have been a cousin. It might have been a brother. It might have been a sister. It might have been a good friend. It might have been a preacher. It might have been a Sunday school teacher. That somehow that was laid on their heart and they came to you and began to work with you and try to get the gospel to you, to see you get saved. 
you didn't necessarily go to them. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I give the testimony how that I, I wanted to go to my algebra teacher because I was under so much conviction. And I went, but I didn't talk to him. But I was already on conviction. God had already been dealing with my heart using other people in my life that I didn't real, realize uh, until to, you know, later on in years after I got saved, how God used other people that he put in my life to reach me for Jesus Christ. And so the word came to go, and that command is for us today, sometimes to that specific person, sometimes to another, uh, anyone out there, somebody that comes across your path. Uh, it might, when you go out into the highways and hedges, you don't know who you're going to run across. It might be at Walmart. That's the highways and hedges, I'm going to tell you. Because <laughs> you never know who's going to be in Walmart, amen? But God has put you there to try to be a blessing, to try to be a witness, to try to be a testimony. It might be across the street. It might be at the hospital. It might be at a family reunion. But God wants you to go, and he wants you to take the word of God. We're to go not sit idly by in the church house. We're to go, and if you take the, and if you take the, the go out of gospel, like a lot of churches, all you got is a spell. They're spellbound. You look at a lot of churches today, they're just staring straight forward and they don't have any desire to reach lost souls. Folks, we've got to get on the ball. We're living in these last days and we've got to go and take the gospel. Go to the lost. Go to those in need. Go to the fallen. We just need to go and go and go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the word of the Lord not only came to him to, to arise and to go, but the word came to cry against. Look there in verse 2. Rise and go to Nineveh that great city, and cry against it. He had a message when he went. He had a message. The Lord gave Jonah the message that he was to cry aloud and to lift up before the people of Nineveh, a message that was against sin. Can I tell you something? A lot of Christians today are afraid to stand up against sin. We shouldn't be afraid to call sin, sin. I'm not saying that you've got to be mean about it. That's, there's no sense in being mean about it. But my friend, don't, don't namby-pamby and, and, and soft-foot around about it. Just be honest. Hey, listen, God's not pleased with it. Just recently talking to a person, I told him, I said, listen, I don't, need to, I don't want to be mean. But, and I, I spelled out a sin that the Bible is very plain about in, in their lives. And I said, unless you get this taken care of right now, I said, I'll be honest with you. You're probably never going to get saved. Because they had been crying out and crying out. They said it unto the Lord, and the Lord wasn't saving them. And I took them to a very present sin that God brought up uh, in the conversation. I said, you know what? You said that that was all right. I said, the Bible says it's not. That's right. Now, I could have just bypassed it, but that person probably would have never received Christ their Savior. They did. You know what the fact is, is that sometimes you just got to call sin, sin. Not be mean about it, not judge the person about it, because if it was not for the grace of God and the mercy of God, you and I would be lost and without hope too. God doesn't have this sin and that sin, and this one's greater than that sin. Sin is sin. The fact is, is that my friend, hey, listen, sometimes when we go and we've got a message, God's given us a message, we've got to stand with the message 
a message against sin. And, and as he sent Jonah, not with a, only with a message against sin, but a message of repentance. Otherwise, don't just call it like it is, but tell them that there's a way around it. There's a way of, of taking care of it. You've got to give them the, the truth. Hey, listen, yeah, it's sin, but listen, you can repent of it. You can turn from it. You can receive Christ as your Savior. Or you can get things right with God. Send them a message of forgiveness if they would repent. The message as we'll get on over in there. You'll find that the message that God gave him was, was to preach against the sin. To give them a message of repentance. And that God would forgive them if they would turn from it and that he would spare them. Folks, we have a message from the Lord. And we need to be taking that message wherever we go. It may be a message of salvation for some, but it may be a message of, uh, of, of love and hope and, and, and restoration in somebody's life. There's a lot of Christians out there that their lives are, 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 are a mess and they need somebody to, to point out to them, hey, listen, the, the life that you're living is not right, but God says that he loves you and he still wants you to come back to him. And he will forgive you and he will restore you. So we've got a message to take. God doesn't just send us out there without anything to say. He gives us a message. We've all been called to cry aloud and lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and stand against sin. But to show the love and forgiveness of Christ who will, if they'll turn unto him. Isaiah 58 and 1 says, cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. The message of God has always been, hey, listen, cry aloud. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Let them know that I, I'm going to judge that sin. But let them know that if they'll turn back to me that I'll forgive them. There's a message that God is with. So the Lord came unto Jonah to rise and to go. And to cry out. But Jonah's actions revealed here is revealed in one word. Look at verse 3. But. You could stop right there. Not even have read the rest of it. And it will tell you where Jonah's going. It'll tell you the heart of Jonah. He said, but. Lord said, I want you to go do this. I want you to do that. I want, I, I've got a message for you. I want you to go to Nineveh. But. And with that being said, we know that Jonah didn't do what the Lord wanted. It says, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Went down to Joppa. He found, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Can I say this? Jonah did arise. But. Jonah did arise. God got him on his feet. But. We could say that Jonah did go. But. To Tarsus and not to Nineveh. He went west instead of east. If you look at the geographical maps, he was to go east and he went west. But 
He did cry out. The Lord told him to cry out. He did. But it was to take him from the presence of the Lord, not to the plan of the Lord. You see, Jonah rose up to flee, not to obey. Many times as Christians, that word has been attached to our service for the Lord. The Lord says, I want you to arise. And we say, but I want you to go. But I want you to take the message I've got for you. But. And our whole life is wrapped around that word, but, is when it, when it comes to serving God. And we come up with all kinds of excuses. There was a cost to run. Notice, it, notice uh, the one who had to pay the fare of the ship to go his direction. Learn from Jonah the directions here. Notice there if you, if you notice that he had to pay that fare. It says, so he paid the fare thereof. Can I tell you something? That when you choose to do your thing, your way, and when you attach but to God's plan, you're the one that's going to pay the fare. You're the one that's going to pay the price. You're the one that's going to pay the travel expenses. You're the one that's going to have to come up with all that you want done in your life. If you will surrender to the Lord, God will take care of the fare. God will take care of the needs. God will be there for you. We need to learn from Jonah the direction that this three-letter word but took him in his life. Look here in verse 3 again. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. And notice this, went, say it with me, went yeah. down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid the fare of, therefore, and went down, down into it. To go with them unto Tarsus, notice this, from the presence of the Lord. When you go down and you keep going down, you're going away from the presence of God in your life. When you go away from the presence of God in your life, you're going away from God's power and God's blessings and God's hand in blessing your life. And Jonah, as he began to do his own thing, that word but took him away from the Lord. It took him down and it took him down away from the presence of God. When you attach that little word but to your life, when the Lord's trying to lead you, it always leads you down. Do you know why a lot of Christians don't have any victory? Because of that word called but. And it leads them down. And pretty soon God comes to them and speaks again. And they say, but, and it leads them down. And before long, they have found a place that is comfortable, they feel like, from the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but my whole life, after I got saved, I, I say my whole life, but Generally, in, in, in my life, one of the things, one of the desires of my life is, is to get closer to the Lord, to His presence in my life, to know Him in a greater way, to walk with Him in a greater way. That has been the desire. Even though I might not do what I'm supposed to do to get there, that has been the desire of my heart, to get more and more into the presence of God to know Him in a greater way, to have His hand in my life, to direct me, to guide me, to use me. My friend, when you 
Begin to interject that word but into your life when God's speaking to your life, speaking to your heart. It takes you away from the presence of God. We need a surrendered heart and we need a surrendered life to whatever God says. When he says arise, we ought to arise. When he says go, we ought to go. When he sends us to a certain people or to a certain plan in our lives, we ought to be willing to do what he wants us to do. There should be that, that willingness in our lives to cry aloud, to take the message that the Lord has for whoever he sends us to. And the presence of God will be with us through all of it, the difficulties, the struggles. You know what the biggest problem with a lot of Christians is? Say, well, if I surrender unto the Lord, I'm afraid that he'll call me to the mission field. That's one of the biggest, you hear, you'll hear it. I mean, if people, be honest with you, a lot of people say, if I surrender to the Lord, I'm afraid he'll send me to deepest, darkest Africa or someplace where they have cannibals or something like that, and I'll have to live in a mud hut and all this sort of stuff. Can I tell you something? You would be better off in deepest, darkest Africa around a bunch of cannibals living in a mud hut to be away from the presence of God. The happiest that you'll ever be is when you're in the presence of God doing what He wants you to do. The most fulfilling that your life can ever be is when you're in the presence of the Lord doing what He wants you to do. The greatest agony that you can have in your life is when your life is out of the presence of God. What a terrible place to be. Jonah was by himself. Oh, he, there was those shipmen there and those, those, those sailors, but he was by himself. You see, you lose the presence of the Lord and that loving fellowship of the Lord when you go down away from his plan. So don't let your response to the call and the will of God go uh, to go for him begin with the word but. We need to respond like Isaiah, and I read it while ago. Then said I, here am I. Send me. That should be the desire of our hearts. Lord, I want to be used by you. Lord, it's scary. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to teach in that Sunday school class. But Lord, I, I'm going to do what you want me to do. You know what? You'll find out God will give you just what you need. And he'll help you grow each time, each step. Preacher, I just, I just don't think I can. I just, I just don't know how to lead anybody to the Lord. I don't, I don't know all those scriptures. I'm afraid some, they may ask me how, how, uh, how that Adam, uh, or, you know, how that Cain got his wife. Say, what do you tell them? If, say, where'd Cain get his wife? Tell them they shouldn't be interested in somebody else's wife. Amen. <laughs> The fact is, is that God has a plan. You don't have to have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. But can I tell you this? God will help you, and he'll help you with the message if you'll arise, if you'll go, if you'll cry out what he wants you to cry out. He'll be there for you. Just don't let your response be, but... Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Help us to be surrendered to the will, the plan, and the hand of God in our lives.
Lord, even as Jonah ran, many of us run at times. Forgive us when we do. Help us to turn back, Lord, and to allow you to guide and direct us, Lord, to be used of you, to go, to rise, to go, to do what you'd have us to do, to be called unto the people that you'd have us to go to, to be a witness, to be a testimony, to be a blessing, to be an encouragement, to strengthen those around us. Help us, Lord, to never be ashamed of the Word of God and to share it with those around us. Lord, help us, Lord, to always be willing to be obedient. And never let, Lord, that be the case in our life where we say, but. May it never be said about our lives that God called us to do something, but. And Lord, I pray now that you'd strengthen each of us, help us to bring honor and glory to your name. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight?